Hi, this is Angie, host of the Nature Nurtured podcast. I have found that when I head outdoors with something on my mind and talk it out to the great wide world, spirit listens and often offers some pretty great advice. I invite you to join me today. We can move our bodies, soak in the amazingness of mama nature, and maybe even experience a little healing. My hope is that you take this conversation, find your own truths, remember who you are, and take that next leap on your own healing journey. Hello everyone, this is Angie, host of the Nature Nurtured podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today for another episode. Today I am going to be talking in depth on inner child and inner child work. And it's very similar to shadow work and I kind of explained that in the beginning of this episode. Um, It's just kind of a form, like a specific form of shadow work. It's not fun to do. Um, I really highly recommend that after listening to this episode, if you know that you need to do some work in this area to just be very gentle and kind and loving to yourself as you work through it. Um, It really is something that in the long run is super helpful and will just make you feel a lot better as you move through life. But it's also something that while you're working through it can bring up some pretty hard things to think about some memories that maybe weren't so pleasant and it is kind of a rough go to go through this and so I just recommend that if you you think you need to work on this um, really take care of yourself during the process and just kind of go slow with it Um, I don't want to scare anybody away from trying it I just don't want to sugarcoat it at all because it is kind of an intense thing or it can be. It just kind of depends on what was going on in your childhood, but I don't I just don't want to make light of it. Um I mean, it's definitely definitely doable. It definitely feels good to come out on the other end of it. I don't know that we ever completely work all the way through these things, but I mean, I think as we release some of these things that we've been holding onto since we were little kids, sometimes we don't even know what exactly it is that's within us that we're still holding onto that's bothering us. Sometimes we never do identify it. But just going through this process does help things to release, even if we can't remember exactly. Because our, our minds do protect us sometimes from memories that are too hard to deal with but even just like I said going through this process doing these things paying attention to I guess you would call the symptoms of inner child issues and and kind of um, working to just bring awareness to those and soothing those things that are happening and working through them I mean it that in itself is going to bring some things to release so yeah, I I feel like I talk about what it is in this episode, like what is inner child work. I go over some kind of like things that you could watch for in yourself, some behaviors. And then we talk about some reasons why we have inner child issues and then some things to do to work through it. So there's a lot in this episode. 
um, that I think that you can find helpful if you are ready to work on these things. And like I said, be gentle, take your time. There's no reason to hurry through any of it. Um, just make sure that you're in a really good place before you start on this. Um, you don't want to come at this from a really triggered like position in life where you just don't have the, the space within you to work through these things. And if you, if you're kind of in that place and you know, you need to work on it right now so that you can start working towards making more space within you and, and getting to feeling better, maybe working with someone, um, whether that's a therapist or somebody like me, who is kind of like a mentor or a coach, I would definitely recommend that. So, um, other than that, trying to think if there is anything else, um, if you haven't rate rated this podcast or um, followed it or left a review, I invite you to do that. It just helps other people to find me. Um, it just kind of moves me in a position where uh, I might pop up onto somebody else's feed that's listening to something sort of similar. So thank you to those who have done that. If you haven't and you feel called to do that, I would much appreciate it. Um, yeah, other than that, I hope you all are well. I hope that you find this episode helpful. Um, it may be something that you want to listen to right now, put away for a little bit and revisit later. I totally understand that. Um, really, it's always just awareness. It's an awareness of behaviors that sometimes we're not able to trace back to a root and so I think that's what I try to provide you in this today. And that reminds me, um, I do talk about this in the episode about um, the behaviors and like when we we have these childlike behaviors and everybody has these. I think it just depends on how they present in you. But these childlike behaviors can really look like, um, like when you get triggered by somebody or a situation, it can look like um, yelling at someone, name calling someone, being physically aggressive towards somebody, um, kind of throwing a fit, um, crying all the time. I mean, beyond what's just releasing emotion, but like kind of doing that to get your way. Um, I mean, just think of the way like infants and toddlers behave because that's, kind of where a lot of times some of this stuff is stuck in us. And so that's why we can't remember it. So I didn't really, I don't know how well I did it explaining that in here, like, but just that is a great awareness. And it just reminds me and a real quick story, because I don't know, this just came to me, but um, I, in my daily job that I do, I receive payments. Um, after we do the services that our company provides, people often will mail in the check and the invoice and whatever. And this particular person was not happy with the way something went, which we do not often get things like this. I mean, it is like maybe once or twice a year, if that. So getting this, uh, you know, it always just is like, oh man, you know, but reading what this, and this guy was, he's probably somebody, maybe this man was probably in his seventies. Um, and the way that he expressed his dissatisfaction was definitely like, 
oh wow, definitely some inner child work could have been um, needing to be done. Just there was some name calling, like calling people idiots and just kind of like this temper tantrum on paper, but like with name calling and just this very like childlike display. And I don't, I talked to this man on the phone and he was not childlike at that time. So this was just because he was upset. And um, we don't often get things like that. I mean, usually when somebody is upset, they they are able to um, speak in an adult manner and kind of let us know. And then we can have a communication back and forth and resolve the issue. But this was definitely a temper tantrum. And I don't expect that this man would ever see that as such or would ever feel inclined to do any work like this. I mean, I I would highly doubt that. But I just wanted to bring that situation up because that's just an example of this can carry on throughout life. I mean, this man was elderly and obviously was holding on to some things that were preventing him from responding to adult things in an adult-like manner. And I don't know if this is like the norm for this person because I really don't know him. I've only interacted with him on the phone um, when we were setting up the appointment. So I don't know, but it's just, you know, but you see adults in public sometimes having these tantrums or behaving in a way that's not how an adult typically would react in this adult situation. So you will probably start to notice it in other people. And like, I think it's a nice way to give others grace. Like, oh yeah, they're kind of stuck in that childlike behavior. I mean, it doesn't excuse it and it doesn't give them a pass for their behavior, but I think it brings kind of this understanding and grace to the situation. And like, you kind of get it because I think we all have those moments. It's just how we, we don't often always display them in public or to the degree that some people do. So um, if nothing else, um, it will, I think, bring your awareness to as you see these things happen in the world around you. But then also, if you catch yourself having one of these moments, you can kind of understand that this this is probably an inner child issue. You may not get to the root of it, but just being aware of this symptom that's showing up lets you know that, hey, there's some work that could be done. It's kind of an invitation to dig in if and when you feel called to do so. So I hope that that's what I want this episode to bring today is this awareness and this invitation to get into this work as you can. And like I said in the beginning, please, please be gentle with yourselves and really take care of yourselves during the process. Most definitely let your loved ones around you understand that you're doing this work because you may be pretty tender. Um, and raw feeling as you go through it. And they will need to understand if you have reactions to certain things, that that is what is going on, that it's really just something you're working through and has not much to do with them or the outside world. So, okay. Um, with that, I, I hope that you all are well. I hope that you all have had a chance to get outside in nature today. I hope you've had a good weekend. Um, and are enjoying this fall season if you are in the part of the world that is feeling that right now. And yeah, I hope you've just made some time for yourself and have been able to give yourself a little bit of love and care. All right, let's go ahead and hop in. So inner child work is not the most super fun thing to talk about or it's not the most fun thing 
to work on. It's actually, it kind of fits under the umbrella of shadow work. So in a way, this is kind of an extension of last, oh, I guess it was maybe a couple weeks ago, the episode that I did do on shadow work. Inner child work is, is similar in that it's a lot of reflecting and going in and then kind of figuring out what's really going on so that you can bring healing. It's just a more specified... I guess, angle or category of shadow work. So I would say like shadow work is kind of the big umbrella and inner child work just fits in under that umbrella of shadow work. So inner child work, um, if you've ever been to therapy or you've been in the spiritual community for any length of time, you have probably heard people mention the inner child or doing inner child work. And sometimes people talk about that, but again, it's kind of like shadow work. There's not a lot of details on how to do the work, what it really is, and that kind of thing. So the definition that I could find that I felt suited it the best is that the inner child is the childlike aspect of yourself including what you learned as a child. It is the part of you that was picking up messages long before you had the means to fully mentally and emotionally process what was going on. This is the part of you that reacts and feels like a child. So we all have this inner child within us because zero people on this planet were raised by perfect parents who knew exactly what to say and do as they were parenting us as children. And that's because their parents were not perfect and their parents were not perfect. We are an imperfect people and that's part of being human. So we all have this inner child that is seeking to have needs met even though we look like adults. We, we move through the world like adults, but there is still this little piece of us that is very childlike. And it's, if there was a lot going on trauma wise in your childhood, I, I, from what I understand, wherever the traumas were occurring, that's where there's some, I don't want to say stunting in the emotional development, but there's, it's like a piece of you that was hurt in that time, in that instant, remains the same. It's like time was frozen in that aspect of you. And so that part of you, that innocent part of you, did not get to grow and mature into adulthood with the rest of your being. And these are little fragments of you. It's not like you as a whole human are stuck there. Although I suppose, you know, you hear about these really horrific things that happen. Uh, I cannot think of the family right now, but it was like a huge family. I think they lived in California or somewhere. And all of the kids were kind of like chained up and malnourished and very much controlled and abused. And we could not even fathom probably what was happening in that house. Like those are extreme situations where 
probably those kids are very, very much super stunted in a lot of ways because that's how they protected themselves. I mean, you just kind of shut down and you freeze where you are. So that's extreme. I hope most of us have not had to experience things like that. But just because we haven't had extreme things happening to us in our childhood doesn't mean that we haven't had some things happen along the way. Because like I said, our parents were not perfect. They didn't know exact. I mean, nobody knows how to parent perfectly. Even though there's lots of books and lots of things and you can educate yourself, we are all walking around with our own trauma and wounds and it's, it's just not going to happen. We can do the best we can do and that's, and that's it and everybody's best looks different. So, yeah. So let's get into that a little bit. This childhood trauma. When I talk about that, and this is all varying degrees of course, but trauma can look like abuse of any kind. Mental, physical, emotional, sexual, and to all varying degrees. It can also look like maybe you had to grow up too quickly because you lost one or both of your parents. It can look like maybe you had to grow up too quickly because your parents were physically there, or at least one parent was physically there, but they were so overwhelmed that they were emotionally absent a lot. Or maybe even they were physically absent because they had to work a lot of hours or they were out with their friends because their inner child was trying to cope. So that growing up too quickly, it doesn't really matter the circumstance. It's if you had adult responsibilities placed on you at a really young age... And I guess that can be relative as well because sometimes, you know, an eight or nine year old can is more responsible than a teenager. It just depends on the kid. But regardless, young children should not have a lot of responsibilities that are really for the adults placed on them. They should not have to be taking on any kind of parenting roles with siblings. They should not have to be running a household, doing the things that parents should be doing on a consistent basis. Should kids have chores and responsibilities and be able to help and and that kind of thing around the house? Absolutely. But they I don't think they should it's when we start to feel like this that the kids are in the parental role. That's what I mean by they've had to grow up too quickly. So if that sounds familiar then that's that has possibly caused some childhood trauma. And then also neglect of any kind, whether it's physical neglect or emotional de- neglect, and to whatever degree that was happening. Also, if you were bullied or rejected by your peers or your family, again, to any degree. If there was this just this constant feeling of not feeling safe whether that was when you were with your parents and it was maybe living in a place that what didn't feel safe or being in situations that didn't feel safe and it's not that you were necessarily left alone and neglected in that space but the the household in general did not feel safe whether that was in or outside of your parents control 
So I'm thinking, you know, even when parents are doing the best they can, but maybe you have to live in your car or you're at a homeless shelter. That maybe didn't feel the safest. And then also the last thing I have here that I would say would maybe leave a mark, cause some trauma to contribute to some inner child work that would need to be done would be having no freedom in self-expression or play. So in this, if you think about kids who are just not allowed to be who they are, they're not allowed to be themselves. And this could be something as big of a deal as like kids who feel like they are the opposite gender of what they were born with physically. This could be um, in anywhere those lines are, whether it's the child feel like born with female parts, but really tends to be more in that masculine energy and feels like they would fit in better and feel more comfortable in their body if it were a male body. As drastic as actually wanting to physically change the body, or maybe it's just more they are what you would call wanting to be like a tomboy or the other way around. If it's, you know, the, the boy that wants to play with dolls when he's little and, and do things that society would be deeming more for girls or more feminine. So that can look a lot of different ways. And I do think as a society, we're more accepting than we used to be, but I don't think that every household is. So and that's with today's kids. So when, if you were growing up in the 80s or 70s or 90s or whenever, it wasn't as accepted. And so maybe there were things that we wanted to do and it was like, oh, well, no, girls don't do that. Or, oh, no, boys don't do that. Or maybe we were just really loud and rambunctious and our parents were more the quieter, studious type. Or maybe the other way around. You know, maybe we just weren't allowed to be who we were because our parents didn't understand it. They didn't think that it was acceptable behavior, even though we were just really trying to express ourselves the way that we felt natural. So that can really be something really super small or it can be a big deal. And it doesn't matter because it it all feels like a big deal. And that's where we have to remember and go back to this because we, and I talked about this in the shadow work episode, we're really quick to think, oh, well, I, I don't need to work on inner child stuff. I didn't have anything that was that big of a deal that would have caused trauma. Or so-and-so had it way worse than I did. You know, I don't, I don't have anything that big, so I just need to suck it up and move on. I think we spend a lot of our time brushing off doing the personal work, the shadow work, the inner child work, because A, we don't want to do it because it's hard. And B, because we, we always can find other people who have it worse. And we, we want to shame ourselves into thinking, well, I just need to get my shit together. This is just something that I need to work through. And I don't have it that bad. And I just need to, to carry on. So that's why I talk about it. Because I think there's that stigma. So, you know, a bunch of little things can add up. And, and, and everybody has the capacity 
for a certain amount before it starts to affect. You know, everybody's walking around with some stuff. And that doesn't mean it's life-altering. But I think we're real quick to say, well, I don't have it that bad. I need to move on. So, anyway. Okay, so that's kind of what could maybe spark some of this inner child work that needs to be done. It's those kinds of things that I just talked about are the things that kind of freeze little fragments of you in time. And when enough of that happens, there are places emotionally how we process things that are stunted, that are more childlike and didn't, we're not allowed to go ahead and grow and mature as our physical bodies did. So let's kind of look at this. How does this manifest? What are some behaviors that you can look for in yourself? And this is one of those things where it's like, if you can be aware of these things and kind of be in a place where you get, and this is all about if you are not giving yourself enough space in your day, in your body, if you're in your head a lot and you're, you feel super stressed and anxious day to day, it's going to be hard to watch for these things because it's almost when we live in a constant state of being triggered all the time and we don't allow ourselves enough time of downtime and space, we can't be aware of these things. So I think the first thing I would suggest is always to really work on the self-care aspects, bring that into your life wherever and however you can. It doesn't have to be hours of your day. It can be five or 10 minutes here and there. It's, it's all about, you kind of have to be creative sometimes, but it's all about kind of, for me, what I, what I really kind of tell myself, it's really looking for ways to show myself some love during the day and bring magic into the mundane of life. And that can happen in such simple, simple ways if we let it. And that's the space that you really want to be in to be able to be aware and watch for these uh, manifestations of this inner child wounding. Because if you're activated all the time, and you're constantly in this state of, why does everything happen to me? When is When are things ever going to get better? I hate everything. I'm pissed off at the world. I never have time for myself. I'm never going to have time for myself. My life is never going to change. I'm never going to get a better job. I'm never going to blah, 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 blah. Life goes on and on and on. And do we find ourselves in those situations sometimes? Absolutely. I get in those ruts sometimes too. But if we if we're we're when we are in that space, it's really really hard to have enough bandwidth to do some inner work. So if you're feeling activated and triggered all the time and like you just are at your wits end and you're completely stressed to the max, um my first suggestion would be to really work in some self-care and create some space and get that bandwidth widened a little bit so that there can be some awareness. So when you get to that point and you are ready and you're ready to kind of be aware of these things, here's what you want to look for. You want to really pay attention 
to your defense mechanisms. When you get defensive with people, when you want to push back, usually it's at any time that you feel like you're being criticized, I would say would be a big one to watch. Watch how you react to criticism from others. Watch how you react to situations and people that are challenging and see and watch for those defense mechanisms. So some that I can think of would be... um, Well, let's see. Doing anything that would push other people away because it's safer than being hurt by those people. So um, maybe, you know, talking, I don't know, being kind of catty and tearing somebody down because that deflects from you. Um, and this this happens, I feel like, when you get together with a group of people and then you can target someone outside the group and really spend a lot of time and energy talking about how awful they are and how they really are just not doing anything right and are just whatever. You know how that is when you when people start to tear other people down. And that really is a defense mechanism because it's it's allowing your attention to focus outward instead of inward. And all of those things that you feel like you don't like about yourself, it's this way of, well, I don't have to work on myself. I'm just going to tear down this other person. And a lot of times there's, well, there's a lot of reasons for that. I guess I, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But, um, and, and two, I think, and I've been guilty of this one, uh, being really quick to make fun of myself or put myself down. So it's like, I want to beat somebody to the punch. So, um, yeah, really kind of watch if you're tearing yourself down in front of others. And it's it feels like we're being humble, but really I do feel like it's this way of, well, if I say it first, then it's not going to hurt if somebody else somebody else says it or is thinking it if I acknowledge it first. So, what do watch for that. I think and I mean, I know I have been for sure guilty of that of all of those things that I just mentioned. Also watch for when you may be having really big feelings about some pretty small things. And the best way I can explain this is to give an example for myself. So if I if something happens in my day that goes differently than planned or if something doesn't go like if I mess up something and then it doesn't it kind of throws everything else off um it's this kind of if there's any feeling of chaos or out of control and it doesn't matter how little of a thing it is if I don't, I, I really have to watch myself on that because the inner child in me rears its head and it's like, I want to like throw myself on the floor and kick sometimes. Like I want to have that toddler tantrum because it triggers that in me. Like there's a piece of me that is stunted at that two or three year old age and wants to react in that emotional way like a toddler would. And for me, it really, I really have been able to pinpoint it back to if I feel out of control, that really triggers my inner child. So I've had to think about that 
And I can't necessarily bring it back to being a toddler, but I can see other, other times in my life that I, that things did feel out of control. And I'm not talking about just like, I didn't have, I didn't get to do whatever I wanted because I was a kid and I had to do what my parents told me to do. It's more than that. It's like, I could feel that I was in a situation that felt very out of control. And I hesitate a little bit to give examples because I'm not just talking about me here. I'd be talking about, about my family. And so I don't want to get too much into that. I mean, I I guess I can give kind of a vague example and, and I will give this one because we have talked about this in our family and we know that it did cause a little bit of stress and turmoil. So when I was 10, my mom quit working at her current job that she'd worked at for a long time and decided that she would go to college and get a four-year degree in teaching so and that was that was great I don't remember necessarily being stressed about that I think I do remember picking up on a little bit on the tension that okay we're going to have one income plus we're going to be paying for a college degree and even though I didn't understand at age 10 what all the ramifications of that were I did sense the stress that was in the house because of it. But I do remember, and sorry, mom, I'm going to have to tell this story. And we, we laugh about it now. But I remember I was outside swinging when I was this age. And I was, you know how kids swing on their bellies and then they kind of drag their, their knees in the dirt well. And I had jeans on and I was doing that. And my mom was outside hanging clothes on the line. And I remember her hollering across the yard at me that I'd better quit doing that because I probably wasn't going to be getting any new jeans for a, a long time or something to that that effect. That maybe wasn't even what she said, but that's what my 10-year-old self heard. What I heard was, we're going to be too poor to buy you new clothes, so you better take care of what you have because that's it. So that's what my 10-year-old self heard. Now, my mom didn't mean that and she didn't mean to tell us tell me that to scar me for life or anything. She said that because I was dragging my knees in the dirt and, and I was on my way to ruining a pair of perfectly good pants and it probably caused her some stress because it probably did make her think that oh crap, you know, we can't be just ruining things there, it's not going to be as easily replaced. There is going to be somewhat of a financial burden here with one income plus college fees. So I get it. I've reacted the same way as a parent. I have said things to my kids out of my adult fears that I knew about. I have said things and reacted in ways that were very similar. So I get it. Like I understand completely why that came about and why that happened. But I do think, you know, there's this little part of me, that 10 year old part of me that that felt really out of control. Like that felt like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything about this. I'm not old enough to get a job. What are we going to do if we can't afford to buy clothes for me? And then I've got two sisters. And then what about like, you know, even though I don't know that I could necessarily like put all of that into a, like, 
process my thoughts is like reason it out and understand that we are going to be fine but that's because that's where I was as a 10 year old and that's what I mean like it's when we get these emotions come up and we aren't so we're not equipped like an adult is to handle these things so that's one instance I can think of and there there are other things that I know that I can think about in my childhood that was like it felt out of control like I couldn't do anything about it and I was in this situation so I don't know um and because that has continued to be kind of a trigger for me and I've talked about before with this um with myself having this rigid really kind of inflexible way of moving through life most of my life I think that's also been just this coping mechanism for this inner child wounding of I there were lots of times where I did not feel like I was in control one way or the other and something I mean and I do I want to throw a fit about it and so that's how I know it's an inner child thing because my reaction is a very childlike one now do I actually do that no has has that reaction gotten better yes because there's an awareness to it now and I know that when I feel that rise up within me that something I need to give myself some love and attention in that area and I need to look for ways to make some choices even if I don't love the choices even if I they don't seem like they're even really choices anyway it's um I know that to nourish that part of me that that little kid part of me that fell out of control adult Angie needs to look for choices adult Angie needs to find ways to bring some love and nurturing to herself now and then that helps to soothe that inner child so yeah all of that to say look for those big feelings that come about because of some small things that are happening And that can look lots of different ways. My example was just control because that's what I've noticed with me that still triggers that toddler-like response within me. And even if you don't carry through with it, even if you're not kicking and screaming on the floor, because really, you know, not most of us don't actually carry through. Although sometimes, you know, when we're screaming and yelling at somebody, that's, that is a childlike response. Even though a lot of adults do it, it really is more of a childlike response. So watch for those things. Watch for those big feelings about the, about little things. Okay. Moving along. Also watch for any coping mechanisms that are unhealthy. So when you're feeling these, these big feelings coming up about things that really in the big scheme of the world are not a big deal. Like when I feel these things come up within me where I feel out of control would be my example. When you feel that bubbling up, watch for what you reach for. So look to see what your go-to is. Like check to see if it's alcohol or maybe a cigarette or drugs of some kind. Or it maybe it's food. Or maybe you just want to shut out the world and sleep all day. 
Or maybe you want to scroll social media. Or maybe you're looking for others to make you happy. So distractions, shopping is another one. Gambling could be one. So these these vices that we want to attach to because they release those dopamines that bring this soothing to us. Now the problem with that is is it's it's temporary. It feels really good in the moment. I mean, when I find myself feeling out of control or like I like I overwhelmed, what do I want to do? A lot of times I want to scroll social media on my phone and just completely detach. I reach for it and then I catch myself and I'm like, what exactly are you looking for on here? Like, what is it that you need to see on here? What need are you trying to meet by scrolling through social media? Or if I'm reaching for chocolate, what is it? Are you hungry? Like, what need is this dipping your hand in the candy bag over and over and over again feeding? I mean, those would be my guilty pleasures for sure. Um, I would say those are probably the biggest ones or just looking for some kind of entertainment to distract me, even if it's like a phone call. And you know what? If you do those things every once in a while, it's not that big of a deal. But just bring bring an awareness to it that if you see that every time you feel like this, you're reaching for one of those vices. And then ask yourself, what is it that you really need that you're kind of using those things as a band-aid for? Like, what do you really need to bring to yourself. And usually it's some kind of love and nurturing that isn't going to come from a device or something that we're ingesting. Those are real nice cover-ups, but um, they're temporary fixes for sure. Another thing that you can look at is look at your family relationships. How well do you get along with your parents? How well do you get along with your siblings? So this this family of origin that you were given, that you were born into, how are those relationships? Are they strained? Is there a lot of fighting? Do you ice each other out? Is there ghosting going on where you're just ignoring each other? Like, what does that look like on the day-to-day? Because probably if there was a lot going on in the house and if there was enough going on during your childhood that, that caused some pretty significant wounding you probably don't like to be around those people now either because there was probably a lot of hurt and a lot of trauma, whether it was intended or not. Um, If you're very repelled by the family or very much there's always conflict or always drama, um, that would be a really good indication that there's some inner child healing that needs to happen. Um, because they're probably, if there's a lot of discord now, there probably was when you were a kid as well. And maybe you didn't identify it as such. But um, if you look closer, maybe as an adult, you could maybe start to see those things. And then 
Also, look at your own self-criticism and your self-esteem. How do you feel about yourself? How do you talk about yourself? Whether it's how you talk about yourself to others. Like, are you constantly putting yourself down in front of other people? Are you constantly putting yourself down in your head all day long? That, that is, those are signs of that there needs to be some inner child healing for sure. And then relationship issues as in friendships, um, intimate relationships. So this is maybe not your family of origin, but your people that you choose to be around. Your partner, your friends, how are those relationships? Are they full of drama and trauma and fighting and discord too? So look at that and see if there's that pattern has kind of spilled over into the people that you choose to be around. And I'll kind of get into this a little bit more later, but I think the reasoning for that is we do what's normal for us, not necessarily what's best for us. So If you grew up in a household that was challenging and that there was a lot of fighting or a lot of just drama, maybe yelling, abuse of some kind, if that's what feels normal, that's what we create in our other relationships. And it's like our subconscious does it. Because we wouldn't, of course, nobody chooses. We don't choose with our thinking mind to pick those things that we know didn't feel good when we were a kid. We don't want that. We all know that we don't want it, but we somehow sometimes end up back in those same loops that we were in as a kid when we couldn't have a say in it. And now as an adult, when we do have choices, we choose to be right in the thick of it again. And it's because that's the normal. That's what feels normal to us. That's what our subconscious things that we want because that's what we've been given all of our life and so to have those things feels like well this is what this is what it's supposed to feel like there's another way like we don't always recognize or we, oh well that's other people get to have that I never will I don't deserve that this is just how my life is so you know kind of pay attention to that and That also can be true when we kind of do those self-sabotaging behaviors. We do those things because it's normal for us. Because we want to keep recreating that feeling that we have known since our earliest memories. It's what we know. So it's what we... And it may look different. It may manifest different. But it gives that same feeling of that chaos, that discord, that drama, that trauma... It's, it's the normal feeling. It's how we're used to feeling. And so that's what we keep attracting in and bringing in because it's what we expect and it's what we know. So that could look like picking fights. It could look like, um, getting drunk every night or having wild nights every weekend. Um, it can look just like being rude and belligerent and just being dramatic all the time. Just kind of always at this heightened state of 
I don't even know what you would call that, but just this constantly looking for something to pick at, to complain about, to be dramatic about. And it is self-sabotaging. And and we never would think that, like, we don't want to, I don't think anybody wants to be that way. You know, nobody nobody likes that. But it's what feels normal, so it's what it's what we do. So I think, and that can also, understanding that can help us give these people who raised us some grace. Because maybe that's the kind of environment they were raised in. And maybe that's the kind of environment that their parents were raised in. So I think when we can, once we, when we look, when we look at this inner child stuff and we recognize that these wounds are with us because of things that happened to us when we were kids, when we were not in a place where we could really process things mentally and emotionally very well, And we were given a lot of adult things to process too young. It's, we want to blame our parents. We we want to be angry with them. We want to point the finger and, and not take ownership ourselves, but really, really blame them. And, and I think, you know, that's, it's okay to go through that process of being angry if it was a really ter- horrific situation, of course, feel that anger and be angry about it. And no, it's not fair. It's not fair how some people, what they've had to deal with when they were kids. Growing up too fast, being neglected, being abused, being bullied or rejected, not feeling safe, not being able to express yourself. It's okay to feel angry about that. It's okay. But then also I think once we've burned through that anger and we've really felt it, then it's time to give to try to find some grace. And sometimes we can't. And we just we just don't get to where we can ever get to that point. And that's just life sometimes. But if you can, If you're able to, and that's about, you know, when you can create that space where you can really bring some love and nourishment to yourself and really bring some of that self-care in. And that may look like therapy. That may look like, you know, taking a half hour when you get home from work before, you know, and asking for help with supper, asking for help with laundry, Asking for help with household chores so that you can have a hot second. It may look like giving yourself 20 minutes before you go to bed to read. It may look like a hot bath. It may look like all kinds of things. But I think when we can do those things that allow us to just let that guard down a little bit and bring some love in. Because nobody can love us as powerfully and as well as we can love ourselves so that's how we create that space and when we can do that then then we're able to see things with a broader lens and look at our parents and our siblings in a different way where we can kind of and really our parents I think and really look at them and and see them not as our parents, but see them as children. 
How were they raised? What did that look like? Because I think when we're hurting and we're in that phase of where we're just mad and we hurt and we feel traumatized, we, we, can't, we can't widen that lens at that time. And that's okay. But I think being able to give grace and really not excuse the behavior, but understand it and, and see that hurt people hurt people. Um, I think that helps us heal too. Because then we, we are allowing ourselves not to take it personally. It wasn't about me. It wasn't because I was a bad kid. It wasn't because I was an inconvenience. It wasn't because I was naughty. It wasn't because I wasn't who they wanted me to be. No, it, it was because they had their own trauma that they had not been given the space to work through, that they had not found the space to work through. Because we're, you know, right now is probably the first time that people have, we've talked about these kinds of things and we've, that we have therapy available and that it's not shameful. We have social media that it's a good way to use it to like find people to follow that help with these kinds of things podcasts to listen to that help with these healing kinds of things our parents didn't have that our grandparents sure as heck didn't have it so I think we're in a we're in a better place than the generations before us in that way now there's a lot of other things that probably aren't so great but in that way I think there's a lot more options for finding help through these kinds of things so Okay, let's talk about how to heal this inner child, how to bring healing, because I don't know that we ever truly can 100% heal it because we're humans living on planet Earth and things are not perfect, but we can bring enough healing to feel good. So how can we do that? The first thing is we we have to reparent ourselves. And what does that look like? It looks like talking to yourself out loud when you're having a rough time. Like really, instead of berating yourself, talking to yourself like you would a kid that needs some nurturing, that needs some positive feedback. It could look like journaling. If you're not comfortable with talking to yourself out loud, then you can journal about it. Um... But the, the way that you're speaking to yourself needs to be kind and nurturing and supportive, like what a healthy parent-child relationship looks like. And if that's hard to understand what that looks like, maybe it almost needs, I guess if you want to think about, maybe you had a teacher that made a really big impact in your life because they were kind and they did talk to you in a kind and nurturing and compassionate way. Any any kind of relationship you had with an adult as a child and it was modeled to you the, to speak kindly and to encourage and to be compassionate, that's your model for that. So bringing that to yourself instead of tearing yourself down and berating yourself And like, if you're having a bad day, go to the mirror and look at yourself and be like, you know what? This is a really shitty day. 
and I feel really crappy about it and I'm really pissed that this happened and I'm feeling really frustrated about this. But look at yourself and be like, it's okay. I'm here for you. It's okay to feel those bad feel those challenging feelings. There's not bad feelings. It's okay to feel like that. And then just kind of imagine yourself kind of like holding your little child self on your hip and giving her a hug and being like, it's okay, we've got this. You're doing just fine. You know, just kind of do that pep talk in the mirror when you can look yourself in the eye. Another thing you can do is allow yourself to play. And especially for those kids who had to grow up really fast. Whether it was because they lost a parent or because the parents just weren't around a lot, either physically or emotionally. A lot of, a lot of people that had to grow up really fast didn't get to play. They didn't get to be silly and act ridiculous and be carefree, you know? So allow that. And if you have kids, it's a great way to explore this inner child and bring healing is to just get in there with them. You know, swing on the swing with them at the park or in your backyard. Do the art projects. Play in the sand. Play in the mud. Play in the rain. Read the children's books. Eat the dessert first. Allow yourself to be silly and ridiculous and messy. And know that it doesn't have to be perfect. The things that you're doing, the art and the the creations that you're making, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be fun. It just needs to be an outlet to just let loose and, and not care about the outcome and just play. And then another, the, the other thing I would suggest would be therapy. Um, because you know what? There's a lot of things that people need to process that are too big and too dark to handle by themselves. And that's okay. There is no shame in asking for help. And, and I know therapy is expensive. And so I know, and it's unfortunate and that not everybody can, can do it. But if you can, if you have the means to do it, it doesn't even mean that it has to be forever. Maybe it's just for a little while. And I guess, and there's even, you know, if you don't, there's so, the great thing about, um, COVID is, is that we've, we can find therapy online. Now we can do these things over zoom. We don't have to drive anywhere. We don't have to actually make the physical effort to get in our car, get, you know, get dressed and go. We don't have to sit face to face with these people. We can be on a computer screen, which feels a little bit less scary. I think, I mean, I've done it that way. That's how, when I talk to people, it's always over zoom. But if, if you just can't swing it, I think writing things out and, and I know I've suggested this in another episode, but giving yourself either 10 minutes to brain dump every day or giving yourself the five minutes to really get out all the things that are driving you crazy and making you mad and then five minutes of gratitude that will help open those doors a little bit. And, and then once you, you feel like you're ready to get into those deeper, darker places and you feel like you can handle it, 
Um, I think just continuing to write about it or talk out loud on a voice recorder to yourself if you can, that would be my suggestion. But I would say while you're doing those things on your own, I would let the people around you know that you're working through some stuff and that you're in a place that you're going to be pretty tender. And I I would let your loved ones know about that. So that they can support you and understand where you're coming from. Let your friends know if you can. Um, And then just really have some good self-care practices ready to go. Because it's tough. It's tough to dig into those ugly places that we don't want to remember. And on that note, you might not remember. You might not really... Our bodies, our minds protect us really well from trauma. And so you may not remember the exact things that have caused the trauma. And that's okay. You don't have to relive it or remember it to heal it. Um, Just know that as you start digging in and working through things and allowing this space and bringing in this love, that you're going to get some things moving in your energy field and, and things might come up. And you might remember things that you had pushed down. And just to really bring some love and support in there, whether it's with a therapist or just be ready to kind of be your own best support system. Because, you know, you can you can tell the people that you that are in your life what you're doing so that they can give you some grace and understanding and support. But you've got to be your number one support system in that. You really do. So. Yeah, I mean, just know that as you do the work, it's like the layers are going to keep keep peeling away. And there's going to be some times where you're, you feel raw. And there's going to be some times that feel really vulnerable and really tender. And, and that that's okay. Because you're feeling it, and then you can bring some healing to it. You know, it hurts when we tear those scabs off, though. And we let those places be raw and tender for a little bit while we're working through them. It's tough. So be kind and gentle with yourself. And like I said, let, let the people around you know that you are, you are working on some things. And that you are a little bit more tender than, than normal. So um, my last thoughts on all of that. And this is what I heard this week when I had a session with my energy healing lady that I see. Um, and she was referencing shadow work, but this works for inner child stuff as well. I think it really kind of fits nicely with all of that. Um, these things that come up that trigger us, that make us feel these challenging feelings that, that make us feel these big feelings and we want to react like a child. Those things are symptoms to what's going on deeper within you. It's kind of like when we have a bruise, we may not always, when we're just going about our day, we don't feel that bruise. But when we push on it, it hurts. And it reminds us that our body is, is injured right there. Because when we, when, when we poke on it, it hurts. And that's what these triggers are doing for you. These interactions with other people and these interactions with the world 
that make us want to throw ourselves on the ground and kick or make us want to scream and yell at other people and throw a tantrum and be dramatic. Those, it's like poking a bruise. That's exactly what that is. And so we don't get mad at the bruise. We don't blame the whatever we ran into that caused the bruise or whatever struck us that caused the bruise. I mean, maybe, maybe we have some words when we, when we feel that and it happens, but it doesn't really do any good to be mad at that. That's not going to fix the bruise. We've got to, we've got to, and I know this is silly because it's a bruise and like, I don't know that people really like nourish their bruises and like bring healing to their bruises, but it's just the analogy that we were working with the other day, it, but it's letting you know when you poke on it, you can feel it, that it's there. And so maybe we want to bring some love to that and not poke on that and not, I guess we don't want to ignore it, but, um, sorry, I'm stretching here a little bit to make this work, but, um, yeah, we just want to, we want to bring healing to that area. We don't want to keep making it worse, if that makes sense. But I guess the point of that was just to say that when we are having these big emotions, when we're having these reactions, that's the symptom to what's underneath. And that, that thing that's underneath is pain. And the pain is from something that's happened to us. And we need to dig in and, and we need to bring love and support to ourselves there. So I guess that was the point in that. So, like I said at the beginning, this inner child stuff, it's a lot. I mean, it is a form of shadow work. It's just more specific. It, it asks you to really look at those childlike behaviors that want to come up within you. It's wanting you to look at your childhood and maybe kind of bring some awareness and understanding to why you have these reactions that seem not so adult to things. Um, Looking at those the way that that manifests, like we talked about earlier, with being being defensive and and having these unhealthy things that we reach for to soothe us, looking at our family dynamics, whether it was our family of origin or our family right now, our chosen family, looking at our relationships with people in general, watch for how we try to self-sabotage, watch for where we want things to be normal, not what's best. And really kind of dig into those places and see what we can find. So, okay. Yeah, this was kind of another deep one today. Um, and I know nobody wants, to, nobody wants to look at their trauma. Nobody wants to dig into these dark places that hurt. Nobody wants to revisit these childhood things that were painful. I understand. And if you're not ready to do it, please don't. Like I said at the beginning of this episode... It's really, it's really a raw and tender thing and you really need to have a lot of support in place and have that bandwidth to be able to handle working through it. You can't come at it in a place of, you can't, you cannot bring the healing from the place of being triggered all the time. 
we have to bring in some things that are healthy and get ourselves in a state where we have this space within us and this self-love and self-worth healthy patterns established again. We have to be able to really love on ourselves and nurture and nourish ourselves through it and, and not look to outside things to do that. We, we really, I mean, outside support is fine, but the most support really needs to come from within. And then you're ready to dig in. And it's okay. And you can be aware of the things and not do anything about them right now. That's fine too. And it's okay if you do that for years. You're just aware. You don't have to do this on a timeline that's specific. You know, it may take somebody six months and it may take somebody six years. And it's okay. And it doesn't matter if the traumas were big or small or in between. What matters is if you're feeling those big things. Or those, yeah, those big feelings. To You're reacting in a really big way. To little things. I mean that's not a nice place. That doesn't feel nice. That doesn't feel like a good way to live. Is to always be in this. Kind of triggered way of being. So. Take your time with it. Do it on your timeline. Be in a, in a good place with yourself. Really have some good self love. And self care practices ready to go. And I, I know you can do it. You absolutely can do it. And if you need help with it, um, I am more than willing to kind of help people work through this and not to plug for me. It doesn't have to be me. Um, it can be anybody that you find that you think you would like to work with. Um, but I would be happy to help assist people through it. I mean, I think it's always nice to have kind of a mentor or a coach um, or a therapist if you want to call them that. I am not a licensed therapist. Um, I, I cannot claim to do that. So, um, but yeah, just, um, if you need extra support, I'd be happy to help. Just know that I am not a licensed therapist by any means. And if that is what you're seeking out, there are so many, and like I said, there's zoom available. So lots and lots more choices if you're living in a small town than we've ever had before. So, okay. On that note, I am going to wrap this up. Um, I hope you all are well. I hope you're all taking care of yourself. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful fall weather wherever you are. I hope you've all had the chance. I hope that my crunching in the leaves was not super loud during this episode. I have a feeling when I listen back, it's going to be like, oh my gosh, that was super noisy. Um, I guess, uh, yeah. Anyway, I will wrap this up. It's starting to get dark. The dogs are circling and thinking that they're getting nervous that the coyotes are going to be coming out. So I suppose we probably better head back to the house. So um, on that note, like I said, I hope you all are well. And until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening today. I love having you join me. Even though I'm technically out here, just me and my dogs, it is exciting and heartwarming to know you are out there too listening, walking, adding in your thoughts as we go. As always, I hope everyone has had a chance to nurture themselves with a little bit of nature today. Mother Earth always has the best medicine.